Hello, and welcome to the Bitten Word Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Christine. We are going to be talking about a goofy movie. Okay, so I think when we did um, Emperor's New Groove, we may have said the words most underrated Disney movie. I am going to amend that, change it, and say that that's not true because I know a lot of people who really, really love Emperor's New Groove. It's just, it wasn't like a box office success. I'm going to say Goofy Movie is probably actually the most underrated. Can I add a caveat here, though, that anytime we talk about an obscure Disney movie, we're probably going to say this. (laughs) So This is probably true. Because there are other movies that fall into this category, like Atlantis, which is really actually amazing. (laughs) Okay, I didn't love Brother Bear. I care about Brother Bear, but Brother Bear is amazing. Okay, so from a goofy movie, we are going to be making the High Dad Soup. Um, And Christine said in the last episode, you know, if you have no idea what we're talking about, go watch a goofy movie. obviously my husband has not seen a goofy movie enough because when I told him today that we're making high dad soup, he was like, like high comma dad soup. Or like, is that like a flower or something? (laughs) (laughs) So I had to explain that. Yes, it is high comma dad soup. It is in essence, alphabet vegetable soup. Um, and if we're I will really talk real, about it's canned soup, but yeah, we're not making the canned no. soup because I can't go that far. Sorry. Um, <laughs> also, if we really wanted to be authentic and I saw somebody say this. So in in the scene, they they actually cook the can of soup with a cigarette lighter from the car. Oh, yeah. Um, and somebody online was like I tried to do that once and I just burned the seats in my car and figured out you cannot heat soup up that way so (laughs) we probably don't want to be authentic at this where would we even find a car with a cigarette lighter anymore that's what I was thinking when I thought when I watched the scene again I was like I haven't seen a cigarette lighter in a car and I don't even know how many years (laughs) like well and what's so funny is that I remember like playing with the cigarette lighter me too like you'd Which push it like, in and make it heat up so dangerous <laughs> <laughs> like, what were they thinking whoever put those in the cars like what i should only have been like eight or nine you know like playing with cigarette lighters in a car so yeah yeah okay so enough about cars we'll get more we'll get back into the scene a little bit later but if you have never seen a goofy movie first of all just go watch it and we'll pause wait for you because it'll be so much better if you've actually seen it this is your grace Um, period go watch it now (laughs) but i'll go ahead and give you a little synopsis so the film's plot revolves around the father-son relationship between goofy and his son max so it's the last day of school and max gets in trouble when he takes over his school assembly putting on a power line performance in order which to is, impress Roxanne which is arguably like the coolest thing everybody anybody's ever done to try right? to impress a girl i would have been impressed me Just too saying. i would have been like this is amazing and the way he does it, it was too. a really good like, it's like a big production yeah like, it was good like it he's was well flying done. around the stage like brownie points through the monitor max. which is like <laughs> cool yeah so if you don't know, because you haven't watched the movie, shame on you. It Powerline is Greatest, like um, musician of all time. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> he 
he he was modeled after people like Michael Jackson. Um, I think. Yeah, and Prince. And so and you definitely get those vibes when you watch him. So he's he's like the music person of the day. So Goofy, after hearing that Max has been suspended on the last day of school. What? How is that even possible? Yeah, that's dumb. I never um, thought about that before. That's I hadn't either. <laughs> but he gets suspended. And so Goofy starts to worry about Max and decides to take him on a road trip so that they can kind of bring Max back around to where he should be. Max obviously is really upset about this because he's a teenager and teenagers are like that. And he goes to talk to Roxanne because Stacy, Roxanne's friend, is going to be watching the Powerline concert on pay-per-view like blast from the past there Review. Jeez. <laughs> and he said he was gonna go but then he was like actually i can't go because i have to go on this stupid road trip with my dad and then he's embarrassed by this and so he lies and he tells her that goofy knows Powerline and that they're going to be going to the concert in la live and actually get on stage now this is a big lie what, because why would you even like I don't yeah know. It's a ridiculous thing to say, first of all. Why did she even believe it? Um, But second of all, like, she can corroborate this. Like, she can see on the Mm pay-per-view concert if you are lying or not. So then, of course, he starts stressing out big time, right? So on this road trip, there is betrayal and teenage angst and a possum park and Bigfoot. (laughs) Lester's Possum Park. It's the greatest. I want to go so bad. One of my favorite songs. (laughs) Yes, the songs in this movie are amazing, Um, including Lester's Possum Park. Yeah. Also, you can definitely get the soundtrack anywhere. So Mm -hmm. you should definitely go do that, even if you're not going to watch the movie. The only, it does have a Climb Every Mountain song, though. Yeah, it does have one of those. Uh, It seems like every, I mean, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory has Cheer Up Charlie yeah. and <laughs> that song stuck so bad. Muppet Christmas Carol has the, the Love, Love is, is Gone, gone. song. But you know what's so that great one about cut that? out in the theatrical version? Yes, it was cut out. And so in my DVD, I can choose whether to watch the theatrical or not. And I think on Disney Plus, awesome. it is the theatrical version. So we don't have to suffer through it, which was very kind of them. It was. Um, Okay, so eventually on this road trip, Goofy and Max repair their relationship and end up on Powerline's stage, just reinforcing to Max that lying to your girl is the best (laughs) thing to do. Um, Although it doesn't, because they get on and it's kind of like a bonding thing. And then when the last scene, they go and like Max confesses to Roxanne that he had lied and that he was just embarrassed by his dad and stuff. And she is still okay with him. So I guess it all worked out. Okay, so this, I didn't know, actually, that this movie is based on the TV show Goof Troop and is part of the official canon of that show. I didn't know that officially, but I guessed it was because I think Max is in Goof Troop. Yeah, well, it's got pretty much all the same characters. It's just, it takes place three years after the events of Goof Troop. Yeah. So Max is, he was like 11 12 in goof troop so now he's 14 15 mm-hmm. um and yeah so i didn't know that but I, I mean it looks like that show didn't run for all that long so interestingly the director uh 
part of the reason why they wanted to do the movie was because he wanted to expand Goofy as a character and give him an emotional side. Like, not just the weird, silly antics, but like to actually see his feelings about stuff, which is something that I have noticed about this movie is that I feel Mm -hmm. like it's a departure from most things that we see with Goofy. It weirdly, though, it works. It does. It totally works. Actually, they also said (laughs) somebody, I don't remember who it was in the production team, told, I am losing his name, the guy who voices goofy ron ron something anyway ron ronson ron Ronson. Ron burgundy um (laughs) (laughs) one of those rons it's one of them ron weasley you know something (laughs) um so they told him to not do the goofy voice. This guy's like the official goofy voice, but they told him not to do it. They told him to give him a regular voice. And he was like, that's going to be weird. Nobody's going to like that. And so for like two weeks, he recorded with the regular voice. And then somebody came back and was like, that we can't do that. That's weird. So he had to re-record all the dialogue with the goofy voice. Okay. Here's the thing though. If you're not going to do the goofy voice why did you get the goofy voice actor i know right it's weird i don't know and actually so the the new like 2017 ducktales was inspired by goofy movie because they wanted to do for donald duck what goofy movie had done for goofy and give him more emotional range Hmm. so i thought that was interesting The movie, when it came out, had mixed reviews. And at that point, Jeffrey Katzenberg was the chairman of Disney Studios when they started work on this film. But he got fired before the movie came out. And so the only reason it came out is because Disney felt like they had a contractual obligation to do it. And because of that, they didn't give it a whole lot of money. And they they were like focusing on things like Lion King that came out around the same time. So they didn't do a whole lot of advertising for it either. And so because of that, it didn't do very well in the theaters and it kind of got mixed reviews. But once it left theaters, it kind of gained a cult following. And it's gotten to the point now where even at Target, you can like buy Powerline shirts. So Disney has kind of embraced the popularity of it and... So, so yeah, it wasn't a big thing at the time. And Disney seemed like they kind of were just like, whatever, it just has to go. But um, now they're happy with it. And they actually have a lot of um, merchandise and things that they, that they sell. Crazy that being said, that okay. <laughs> I know, right? It's weird. That's why I don't ever listen to critics yeah. when I'm like trying to decide what movie to see, because almost always they're totally wrong. Yeah. Okay, but that being said, I watched this movie like a bazillion times at the Dollar Theater. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I think what happened is that mom and dad would like go see some other movie and they'd just stick Mm. us in the goofy movie thing, you know, because I was too young. I was only 10 when this came out. They wouldn't have left me at the theater by myself, right? I don't remember that. Was I there? I don't think that they would have left me with a (laughs) two-year-old. I'm just like, where was Three I? Year old. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe they did drop us off. 
I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. All well, I know is that I saw that movie a lot and I don't think mom would want to sit through that movie like 10 times. So, um, But I know that like she's willing to re-see movies if she likes them because I did see Titanic with her like five to seven times in the theaters <laughs> when it came out. I thought you were going to say <laughs> Which twice. Was like... <laughs> no, like five to seven five times. To... And that movie's like four hours oh my gosh well mom wanted to go see it and she's like you want to come with me and i was like yes. <laughs> oh my gosh i think the most times i've ever seen a movie at dinner is like four that was like pirates oh my gosh um so i knew i was ahead of the times at 10 years old and knew that this movie was a gem <laughs> And asked to see it a million times. Um, the father-son dynamic in this movie was actually inspired by Jeffrey Katzenberg, who didn't even like stay at Disney long enough for this movie to come to fruition. But he had an estranged daughter and he went on a road trip with her and their relationship improved dramatically during the road trip. And so, like, yeah, basically the whole movie's arc was based on his life. It's interesting i this is very random but i feel like it's like the magic of road trips or something i was reading about the show better call saul and um they were saying that uh bob odenkirk who plays um who plays jimmy and then like the other main lady whose name i don't know um they had to like for some reason they had to do like a road trip together mm -hmm. and even though they like didn't know each other at all and so they had to like drive from this one state to like new mexico i think where they were filming and then but they said that like bob odenkirk had like a sore throat or something and like couldn't talk and so they just drove in silence for like hours <laughs> <laughs> like, but, i know but like in the show they're supposed to be like best friends and so mm -hmm. what they said like by the time they got to like filming they, like they were really hoping to be able to get that just like that like best friend vibe where you can just sit in silence and like not have it be awkward and they were like and it worked because we drove for hours in silence <laughs> and so they're like, <laughs> they're, like that's awesome made their relationship real <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> um okay my favorite little tidbit that i found was that this movie was actually supposed to be released around thanksgiving time of 1994 it was actually released like in the summer of 95 and the reason why or april of 95 the reason why is because the monitor that they used to capture the animation had one single dead pixel in it and so because of that they had to re-record three quarters of the movie what yeah is that like when one of your lights on your christmas tree goes out and then you're like they all go out no, I think it was just because the one pixel wasn't capturing. And so the whole movie yeah. had the one pixel that was like wrong. And you could tell when it's blown up to movie screen size, you know, so <laughs> I had to go back and redo. Okay. So I want to talk about Powerline for a minute here Sweet. because he's the best. So he only has two songs in the movie, one of which he doesn't perform. Max oh, performs. Yeah. But it's his voice that yeah. you're hearing. Um, 
and that's the song. The, the, all I can think is I to I, but that's the I one know that's the, the only one I can think of too. <laughs> um, it's what's like the title it's, of this song. Oh my gosh! It's a piece of cake to stand out. To stand out. Okay. Yeah. This is called stand out. Um. And then you have the one at the end that's called Eye to Eye. And you actually see Powerline performing that one. Now, interestingly, uh, Powerline was voiced by a guy named Tevin Campbell, who has literally no other good music. Okay, but he's been nominated for five Grammys. It's not good. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I I just... I listened to one of his albums once and I was just like, oh my gosh, what is this? And well, and the funny thing is, is that his music is like written by Babyface and he's like big time, not big time, super big time. But like he, he seemed like he had a lot going for him. Like one of his songs debuted at number nine on the Billboard charts and number one in the R&B category. Um, so it's not like he was just a nobody, but I don't know it's- anybody who knows his name. No, I guess, yeah. Well, and I guess the reason why I say it's bad is just because it's not Powerline. Like, it's very, no, very it's not. different. It's a from, totally, totally yeah. different sound. Um, but and so I'm wondering, so good like, for that. Yeah, and it sounds terrible in the R&B. It really does. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they pegged him for that. Like, how did they decide this R&B guy who sings music that is nothing like the pop music that we're trying to put in here, we're going to cast that guy? Maybe he auditioned. <laughs> maybe I i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm not cultured and you said babyface and i don't really know who babyface you google babyface <laughs> no i was gonna say the thing that popped into my head when you said that was in oh brother where i thought when he's like my name is george martin not babyface <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny or george nelson that's what it is okay so as lackluster as tevin campbell's voice is when he recorded Eye to Eye, he did it in front of a green screen while performing his own choreography. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that what that means is that the choreography that you see. Oh, my gosh. In the I movie ho- is his. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. That's amazing. Me too. Did he do the perfect cast? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, so. Part of the road trip was Goofy wanted to teach Max the perfect fishing cast, right? And it's this stupid, weird, Goofy-ish kind of cast. And when they get on stage with Powerline, like, they don't know how to dance and stuff. And they just kind of run up there and they're like, uh. And then they do the perfect cast and Powerline thinks it's amazing and does it too. (laughs) So... In 2015, at the D23 conference, um, they had a panel for the, I guess, 20th anniversary of the movie that included uh, most of the voice actors. Some of the voice actors sent in movie messages like Wallace Shawn, but they put it in this like small area because they didn't think very many people were going to come, but it ended up being the largest attended panel. Like more than a thousand people tried to show up for this panel and they had to turn people away because they didn't have enough chairs. They were like, sorry, we're all full. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's the kind of popularity that this movie has garnered over the years. Okay. So let's talk about the actual scene where the food is. 
they're in the middle of their road trip. They've left Lester's Possum Park. They have had an encounter with Bigfoot and because of that are now stranded in their car. Bigfoot has their keys. Um, Sleeping on top of the car. Yep. And at the end of the scene, he comes and like lays down on the top of the car and falls asleep so they can't go anywhere. But it's getting late at night. They're hungry, but they're stuck in the car. And there's a lot of awkwardness and kind of tension happening because Max obviously doesn't want to be on this road trip and they've kind of had some fights about it. And they're talking about how Goofy used to go on road trips and stuff with his dad and they used to do a lot of stuff together. And there's just a lot of like sadness on both their parts because their relationship kind of sucks. Um, And so Goofy finds a can of alphabet soup and he puts lights the cigarette lighter and like stands the cigarette lighter up on its end on the dashboard and then like balances the can of soup on top of it how does that even work were they like round (laughs) yeah i think so so yeah i i have no idea how that happens that's like animated movie magic right there um but so the soup is cooking and they have this you know, awkwardness. And then in their silence, Goofy starts laughing. And Max is like, what? He's like, hi, dad, soup. And Max is like, what? And he's like, don't tell me you don't remember hi, dad, soup. Uh, When you were little, you would eat this and you would spell words in it. Like cat and hi, dad. And Max is like ambidextrous. And he's like, no, (laughs) little words. (laughs) As if it wasn't a joke. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so Max would spell things in the soup. And this is a good memory for Goofy, right? To have his little boy um, sending him messages. And then he's like, or I love you. And then the awkward tension, sadness comes back into the conversation. Goofy then says, okay, we'd probably better get some shut eye, you know, because we're not going anywhere tonight. And he curls up in his seat to go to sleep. And then Max taps him on the shoulder and hands him the can of soup and Goofy looks in it and at the very bottom in the dregs of the vegetables and stuff, it says, hi, dad. So in this movie with Goofy of all people and um, this fraught relationship, this is like a really tender, sweet moment, you know, and I think I appreciate it more now as an adult and as a mother than I did at that point in time, because even though I, I'm not exactly like that with any of my kids right now, I can imagine what that situation would be like. And to have them reach out in a way like that would just be so heartwarming, I guess. So I feel like the food in this scene shows us two different things. The first one is food as memory. Um, or food's role in memory, I guess. It's because we all have foods like that, right? Uh, Sometimes it's a particular food that's like a one-time thing that you're eating when something big happens, right? Um, I have have a memory like that. Um, Being in Paris, I, I was waiting for my mom to come and meet me. I was on a school trip and she was going to come meet me and we were going to go do some traveling after my school trip ended. 
And I was waiting for her and I was on a bench outside of Saint-Chapelle. Um, I had gone across the street and bought like a Parisian sandwich, right? So it's on a baguette and it had brie and I think ham and butter on it. And I sat down on this bench and on this particular street, I don't think there was any uh, vehicle traffic allowed. So it was just pedestrians, but the light was like coming through the trees behind me dappled on the ground. And I was watching people and I could see Notre Dame in the distance. And it was just like this perfect encapsulated memory. And that food had a lot to do with it. Right. I love hearing um, my memory. It sounds so it's, amazing. It's, it was the best. It's one of my mm. very favorite memories. And then you have things like, for us, we have our, our grandmother used to make a coffee cake for Christmas morning every year. And for me, I feel like it's not Christmas if I don't have the coffee cake because the taste of it, you know, the smell of it cooking knowing that it's there and that that's my Christmas breakfast is like a huge thing for me, for my memories and my, for sentimentally, you know, and this is kind of the same thing for Goofy. Uh, He's, he's reliving these memories of Max and their relationship and what it used to be like through the soup. Well, and I like this scene too, just because, yeah, I don't know. I have watched that movie as a parent, but only like once. But it is one of those situations where it's like your perception changes when you're watching it as a kid and like as Mm -hmm. an adult, because Mm -hmm. I feel like this is just a very realistic scene because you do that as a parent, you know, you you think like, oh my gosh, when you were little, you used to do this and it was so cute and I loved it, you know, and it's like you hang on to just these little memories of them when they were small Mm -hmm. and cute things, you know, because it was like, because that's back when they like love you unconditionally and don't say, I hate you, you yes, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, The other thing that I think that the food serves as in this scene is to show love Um, because Max uses the opportunity to spell hi dad in the soup and give it to him. He doesn't spell I love you. He spells hi dad because it's called hi dad soup, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he's showing it as a gesture of, you know, I, I want to work and I actually do love you and care about you right now is just hard. And I think that food can do that a lot. I think we we as a society do stuff like that when people have new babies, you know, we make meal trains to take them food. Uh, when people have deaths in the family, we do the same thing. When people are in hard situations, um, whether good or bad, a lot of times we show them love and support by making them food, which is actually kind of an intimate act if you think about it. Because we were using our own hands to prepare something that is going to go inside the other person, you know, for nourishment. And you're trusting those people who are bringing you food to give you things that are going to be good for your body. Not E. coli. Well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, it's, I, I feel like this, this is one of those moments where it's a little bit more poignant here than just bringing a meal for a baby, but it is, it is a way to show love. It feels like a gesture of healing. Yes, absolutely. And how appropriate that it is soup 
right? That does that because that's something that we kind of, I don't know if this is something that happens in other parts of the world, but in America, at least particularly like chicken noodle soup, but soups of all kinds are seen as kind of healing and warming food. Well, it's even, you think of that uh, book series, like chicken noodle soup for the soul. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. The kind of thing this is like, it's just, yeah, it's a healing gesture. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about alphabet soup. There's not a whole lot on the internet (laughs) about alphabet soup, (laughs) but I'll give you a couple of nuggets. So as early as 1877, Paris grocers sold pasta stamped with the ABCs. Uh, So I don't think that this is the same as the alphabet soup that we think of now where the pastas are actually cut into letter shapes. I think that they were tiny little pieces of pasta that were stamped with letters, but essentially it's kind of the same thing. When was the 1877? 1877. AKA Jack the Ripper may have eaten alphabet soup. Bam. Just saying. (laughs) That's how old this is. If you're not caught up on the all the hot Jack the Ripper news, they they <laughs> they have more than likely um, figured out who he is through DNA analysis. So go check that out. <laughs> Which is pretty amazing because mm-hmm. that's like the oldest cold case. That's well, like they, a big deal. They also apparently solved Son of Sam, Zodiac Killer. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Um, I haven't actually had a chance to look into that, but I did see a tweet about it where they're like, if this is the hardest evidence we got, I need some more guys. Cause it took like, it took like the police drawing and he had like some lines on his forehead. And then they took like a picture of the guy and like circled the lines on his forehead. <laughs> oh <my God>. so- <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> so, so yeah, I haven't had a chance to look into it deeper than that, but supposedly they solved Zodiac as well. So. Oh my gosh. Hot news on the serial killer front, just in case you're on that point. Okay. So, um, okay. So in America, one of the, well, the biggest soup company is Campbell's, but they have an alphabet soup. Um, they had a vegetable soup for a long time. And in 1915, they added letters to make vegetable alphabet soup. Um, And it has been touted as a way to improve literacy. And some have even claimed that it does. Um, (laughs) Okay, Okay, but here's the thing. Like, it is such a pain in the butt to, like, fish out individual letters to actually spell (laughs) anything. And who knows if you're actually going to have all the letters that you want. And, like, they're like, you can read your soup. I was like, what? You cannot. It's just a jumble of letters. <laughs> it makes me think of in the Family Guy when he's like, he's like, look, there's a ghost in my alphabets. It says, ooh. And he's like, those are Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so in 2002, Campbell's like kind of revamped some of their vegetable-based soups, including the alphabet soup and the first line of the press release for this said the soup that has helped kids learn to spell for generations is now better than ever so obviously they're like banking on this to get people to buy it right i feel like you can make that claim for literally anything that has letters on it right you You totally can 
Like you can read cereal boxes and it's promoting literacy. It's not, I don't know. The funny thing about this is though, that the re- the way that it was better than ever is that it had 40% more letters. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes it sound like they invented new letters. To like. I know, right? <laughs> Five new letters in the alphabet. Okay, so really that's all I have for alphabet soup. But honestly, I really kind of wanted to talk about this other little thing that I found while I was doing it. So somewhere... I don't remember which source I found this on, but in, so they had alphabet vegetable soup, right? And they were selling alphabets or vegetable soup, Campbell's was. And then sometime, I don't remember when, but later than the alphabet letters were added, they came up with a vegetarian vegetable soup. And I was like, (laughs) what? Was it not vegetarian before? Were you using chicken broth? Like maybe that I don't know. That really makes me question what was in like the vegetable soup beforehand that wasn't. I know that's what I'm wondering. Like you have to. I would just think as a vegetarian, I'd be like, okay, vegetable soup. But I guess not. You have to be more careful than that because their vegetable soup was not vegetarian. Right. Well, and that that is actually something we talked about in culinary school. They they. There was a point, I think, in one of our textbooks that basically was like, if you're going to call it vegetarian soup, it's got to be using vegetable stock. Like you yeah. chicken stock. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I guess at some maybe point it's someone was more like, common than we would minute. think. <laughs> Vegetarians are eating our vegetable soup thinking it's vegetarian and it's not. <laughs> Poor vegetarians. Um, well, one thing I, I think is extremely important in this scene that we didn't mention is the fact that he opened the can with his teeth. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like, can't like, open our teeth. Yeah, and Max is like, like, whoa, that's so cool. I know, like, I, seriously, like, Max's entire thing is my dad is so embarrassing. And yes. he's like, my dad used his goofy <laughs> teeth to open a can. Cool! Like, <laughs> Max clearly does not have his priorities straight. <laughs> so... Oh, and then the other thing I was going to say, like, the only, like, I don't know, the thing about this movie that is so strange to me is that, I mean, you said it was based on Goof Troop, so maybe this is Mm -hmm. their fault, but Mickey and Donald have nephews only. They do not have children. Goofy is the only one who has a child, and it's Goofy. Like, this has always (laughs) been my thing. Who? The mom has always said. Yeah. (laughs) Mom has always said that. Who got close enough to Goofy to make a kid with him? <laughs> well, seriously, I honestly... Well, he never when, has the mother. Well, yeah, that's true. In Goof Troop, though, I... Okay, I went down the rabbit hole one time in college because I was like, I'm determined to find out who Max's mom is. So, um, in an episode of Goof Troop, they say that she's died. And so, oh, that, okay. I guess, is the is the canon is that Max's mom is dead. Um, but in, in like, you know, my in-depth research on the topic of Goofy's <laughs> progeny, um, I, I found an old Goofy cartoon yeah. where it's like, where he has a kid, but the kid a is a red haired like, son. Yeah. But it's not like mm-hmm. Max. It's just like Goofy's kid. 
Yeah. And in that cartoon, though, so it's a cartoon where, like, his wife has gone out for the day and he's at home taking care of his kid by himself. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, funny. You know, it's it's supposed to be, like, you know, kind of, like, 60s funny where, like, dads yeah. can't do anything because they're completely inept kind of thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so in this scene, like, the milkman comes off and drops off milk. The laundry guy comes up, comes and drops off laundry. And I feel like there's one other guy that comes to the door. Every single time one of them comes to the door, they hand him the stuff and they kiss him full on the mouth. And so the implication here is yeah. that Goofy's wife is doing the milkman, the laundry guy, <laughs> and whoever and the other whoever guy else. is. And so it's reasonable to me to assume that Goofy's kid is not actually Goofy's kid. <laughs> that was Sad. the conclusion I came to. He does to look a lot like him, though. Then. Yeah, he does. And he does the... <laughs> so Yeah, that's true. Um, but he has that bad dream that he's turning into his dad and he doesn't Yeah, he does. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was always kind of an interesting question that Disney has never bothered to answer. Nope. So should petition them. Right. All right. And now we have eaten our high dad soup and would like to talk to you about it. So what did you think? Um, I actually thought it was pretty good. Um, so did I. Okay. Um, yeah, I actually thought it was pretty good. It was more filling than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I When I put my vegetables in, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be like the lamest, most lackluster. So did I. I was so skeptical because it uses frozen vegetables instead of fresh. And so I was like, this is going to be gross. And it was like just the kind of little peas and carrots kind of mix, you know? Yeah. I think I had little green beans in mine. Like, yeah. So I really was not expecting a lot, but it actually turned out to be pretty good and fairly hearty. Yeah, like, and really easy and fast because yeah. of the frozen vegetables. Yeah. I feel like this would be, it basically just uses pantry staples. Mm-hmm. Um, so this would be a really good back pocket meal for when you just need something that you don't need to do a lot fast for or you've, like, you didn't go shopping. But um, yeah, this is one of those things that you could always have the stuff on hand for. Yeah, well, that would work for me, especially since I accidentally bought 20 bags of that alphabet <laughs> pasta. That's right. Oh, that's hilarious. So there's a lot more alphabet soup in your future. Yes, there is. Um, especially because anytime I make soup, Will is not a fan. Like, he'll eat it. Oh, really? Like, it's okay. But he, I think he just feels like it's always really one note and it makes so much you know, and then he's eating it for the rest mm-hmm. of his life and he's just like, not a fan of soup. But he really yeah. liked this. And oh, so good. I was surprised. Yeah, Beckham, Beckham told me that it's probably the best soup he's had and that I should make it more often. So <laughs> That's a total there's that. Coraline, like, yeah, it's not a recipe. It's just food. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> um, and Bryce actually, I, usually if there's like vegetables and stuff, then lately he hasn't really been wanting it. But when I told him it was alphabet soup, he was like, ooh, yes, I want that. And he ate a whole <laughs> bowl. So that worked out. Yeah. Yeah. The My pasta, my little alphabets were like, my letters were so small. 
Yeah. And I thought they were just going to like disintegrate, especially because it said to cook for like 15 minutes. And I was like, no way. I didn't do Um, that. I only put it in for the last like 10 minutes. Yeah. I don't know how long I really cooked it because I just dumped it into the pot. But um, but they actually held their shape really well. Yeah. And like they were distinguishable. So I was really surprised Mm -hmm. by this recipe overall. Yeah, I agree. I I went to a reputable source. This is from Sally's Baking Addiction, um, which I have used recipes from before, but usually for baking, not usually for food. Uh, well, I guess baking stuff is food, but you know yeah. what I mean, like cooking recipes. Um, but yeah, it's just the homemade alphabet vegetable soup on Sally's Baking Addiction. So you can search that and make it for dinner. Keep the staples around and make, I mean, if you've got kids, they're going to like it. They think it's fun. Even with the vegetables in there, we enjoyed it. And I really did. I thought it was going to be super lame, but it was really easy and actually really good. Yeah, definitely a lot better than I thought. And, and more flavorful too. Like, I mean, I used like my powdered, um, chicken stock base, And so usually if my soup is lacking flavor, I can just add a little more of that and it kind of makes up for it. And so Mm -hmm. I did here and I felt like it ended up really good. Yeah, I I didn't do that, but I did use like four times the amount of salt that it called for in the recipe because it really needs a whole (laughs) lot more salt. salt. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I also tend to buy unsalted chicken broth, so Mm. it needs a lot of salt, plus the veggies, plus the pasta. You know, Um, it just needed a lot more salt than what it called for. Yeah. But we enjoyed it. And hopefully you will too. So that's all we have for you today for a goofy movie and high dad soup. Join us next week when we are going to be going to Gravity Falls. And we'll be trying the biscotti and the pit cola. Fun fact, pit is our maiden name. So this is kind of fun. That's part of why we're making the pit cola, just because it's yeah. kind of a funny, I don't know. Yep. And no, we are not related to Brad Pitt. So don't send us emails about Probably. that. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I know. Our only emails we ever get, are you related to Brad Pitt? That's always what people used to ask me, oh, like, yeah, as I got like, older. Everyone asked First, me it was elementary school. Oh, really? Not my, Well, I guess that was around the time frame, because when I was in elementary school, it was all cherry pit, armpit. <laughs> Yeah, stuff like that. That was one. Um, But but when I got older, as a teenager and in college, people would ask me that all the time. Are you related to Brad Pitt? No. Well, it's not a super common name. I mean, and it's not terribly common. Like the nineties. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, Oh my gosh, I I said something to Kennedy, who is thirteen, the other day about Brad Pitt, and she was like, "Who's that?" And I was like, "What?" That was like blew my mind. You broke my brain there. Yeah. (laughs) Who's Brad Pitt? Um, So (laughs) it's so it's so funny to me that there's like things like that, that we just like there are things that kids don't know and like things that you just have known forever. So when they don't know, you're like, what? But anyway, so if you want to email us not about Brad Pitt, you can get to us at the bitten word podcast at gmail.com you can also see pictures of our high dad soup and get the i guess reminder about where to find that recipe um, on our instagram 
at the bitten word podcast or on Twitter at the bitten pod. And we are excited to talk to you next week. So until then, happy watching and Yep. That's great. <laughs>